0: Hi Tiffany, this is John Fisher. How are you doing?
1: Hi, I'm doing great, thanks.
0: Okay, I understand you're on quite a, a busy schedule right now and you're on tour. And uh, so I, I want to thank just... thank you especially for for uh, stopping for a moment to join us.
1: Yeah, no, thanks for having me. I just wasn't sure if I was supposed to speak up yet. I was like, should I wait and see if they if I'm here or what? So. <laughs>
0: hey, it's perfect. It, you're here. At, however you get here is is great. We we uh, we're so glad. Now I understand you're doing a thing with Caleb um, Christmas. Is that right?
1: Yes, I'm out on the Caleb Christmas tour with Jeremy Camp. So.
0: Okay. Is it just the two of you, or are there others taking part no, in this? No, I'm or? sorry.
1: It's, it's Jeremy and me. And uh, before me is. Chris August and before him is Love and the Outcome.
0: Okay. Wow, well, that sounds like a lot of fun. Are you enjoying it?
1: Oh, it's a blast. It's been so much fun. We we all get along really well and the, the shows have been promoted really well, so they've been I think out of all fifteen Christmas dates, um, I think it's virtually a sold out tour. There's only like two dates that have a few seats left and so it's been really well attended and just really festive and fun and it's a good time
0: wow now are you playing almost every day or have you got some is it mostly the weekends or what we
1: are playing every day we um wow it's it's just a it started our first show was on the third and the last Mm -hmm. show is on the 20th and there's 15 shows in between those like 17 days so we have we had a day off and we have a day off on Monday, but that um that's about it. But it's been wow. Really it's been really well like I said, it's been really well promoted, well managed, well, you know, laid out and so um it's not been a, a stressful tour at all. It's just been really which is great because it's a Christmas tour and so to be away from home, uh, out touring during Christmas is you know, it's a little hard in and of itself, so to have it be a tour that's still very organized and professional and just really done well. Yeah. Has made being away a lot easier. So.
0: Mhm. Mhm. Now, for a Christmas tour, how much of it is Christmas? I mean, did you have to did you have to work out work up some some special tunes for this um oh, or are sure. you doing more <laughs> of your own? Is it all Christmas or is it just
1: no, a little bit of
0: everything?
1: Everybody's set is half and half. Um okay. so to, however long I mean everybody it's each set gets progressively longer, eleven the outcome other uh, I think there were sets, just maybe fifteen or twenty minutes, and then Chris August is a little longer, and then mine's a little longer, and then Jeremy camps is a little longer and so um, everybody's basically just in half, and so I had to learn um I mean, you know them, you know Christmas songs, but when you're required to perform them, you have to really know them so it's uh <laughs> it's different than just singing along to some carols on the radio for sure, and so um yeah. I wrote a couple of I wrote a couple of originals and then I'm doing a couple um classics and then also performing you know regular plum material mixed in and everybody's uh-huh. doing the same thing, so that's okay. Just, just a little bit of everything, so you get a little bit of all of us plus christmas and think it's been great it's been great, yeah.
0: Where, where are the uh, Where are you right now? And um, I'm in, in
1: where, Indianapolis. Where are you going to be tonight? Oh, okay. And uh, yeah, we're in Indianapolis uh, playing there tonight, and then the bus will roll, and we go to Lexington, Kentucky, and then wow. we go to Winston Salem, and then we pass through Nashville, where all of us are from, for literally mm-hmm. a few hours. That's our our sort of day off, uh, passing through town, and then we go to Kansas City, and from there, I mean, we just keep going until twentieth.
0: Wow. Well that sounds great. What and what are the two I'm curious the the two uh classic Christmas songs you you you've worked up.
1: Uh well I don't want to spoil any surprises, but I'm just kidding. I'm oh. totally kidding. Um I'm doing um I'm doing Oh Holy Night and I'm doing I want a hippopotamus for Christmas.
0: Oh that sounds great.
1: Wow. And my two classics. Those are my two favorites. I mean, they are the opposite ends of the spectrum, but they are my two favorites, and so I, that's why I chose those.
0: Uh, what was that second one?
1: I uh, want a hippopotamus I, for Christmas.
0: I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. Gunner, Gunner, yes. that sounds like it might need to be on our on our new list. Do you Gunner, not know you it? I do not know it. No way. I have never heard I wanna if uh, for Christmas. That
1: is that that almost makes me sad because it is literally one of the most festive fun Christmas songs ever of all time. It's a very, very old classic. No and when you when you listen to it, you you've gotta check it out. When you listen to it you'll probably go, Oh um okay. but yeah, it's it's a classic.
0: Uh, I will go. I will have heard it. You think I will have heard it? Well, I, I yeah, mean, come on. Come all on, all, Christmas, all the for Christmas. Christmas. Sorry. Go ahead, what? I, I'm just thinking, how could I miss that? Because you know, all the Christmas music you play and you hear, uh, yeah, I, and on the radio, I, I, they're playing everything. Uh, honestly, I have not heard this song. Well. So that I is, guess I have to treat.
1: You've got it, yeah. You've got to go check it out.
0: <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, Tiffany, I think I, I, I'm I want to r- remind you that we actually met some at some point, but I, I'm sure you do not remember this. But um, I think we probably met at GMA um, when you guys were just getting started. And so I can't even remember when that was. So when when did you start seeing with Plum?
1: Um, my first record came out in '97.
0: Okay. All right. So it it could have been right in there, '97, '98. And uh, I guess yeah. I do. Yeah, I just remembered. I re, I remember that. You were crazy and fun, and I and I loved what you were doing. Oh, um, thanks. I hope <laughs> I still am. <laughs> <laughs> and and so you know, how is your how has your music progressed from then? Now, are, are, is are you different? Is is your music different now than it was then, or or you know, take us through a kind of a progression. Are you more of a solo artist now or is it still Plum?
1: Uh, I mean Plum is what I go by um, and I have for the majority okay. of my career. Uh, Plum came out in 97 and Plum has always been me Um and okay. it was marketed as a band but um, none of the band members were actually signed and so when one of my band members left she become a worship leader and another one left to get married and be a producer um, and stay, both both of them no longer touring. It just became difficult to market something that honestly wasn't true. It wasn't it wasn't a band, and so people would get sort of attached to the bass player, and then they would come to a show, and it was a new bass player, and and I didn't like I didn't like that. I, I wanted it to be as authentic and real as as possible, and um and it was always me. I was the one writing the songs and funding the band and the only one signed. And so um, after Q records, I re-signed the curb records and, and requested that plum be truly what it is, which is a girl and she has a band and they're a great band, but um, they're not, they're not necessarily, you know, the artist. And so it just made it a whole lot easier for photo shoots and videos and marketing and publicity and, questions and so it was just easier for plum to always be the girl plum and so um so that's where it is as far as its uh description i guess but um Mm
0: -hmm.
1: musically i mean i i hope every musician is always progressing and growing and not staying stagnant and so i'm i'm constantly being inspired and growing and i think from the plum until now I'm tremendously more intentional i'm mm. uh, exceptionally more personal i mean when i when I first started writing, I was writing about real things but they weren 't necessarily about me and mm-hmm. and now ninety nine percent of my material is is about my own life, and so it's a lot more personal and I'm really intentional about its authenticity mm. as I became I had to kind of grow into my to my own because plum was not something i had done and then finally got mm-hmm. signed it was something that i literally was a backup singer that was discovered and signed and and so plum is what i gave myself the name and I had to kind of figure out who i was in front of everybody and so um a lot of times you mm-hmm. kind of you've kind of developed your thing and then you get signed and that wasn't the case for me it was that i I'd, I'd found my voice since I was three mm-hmm. but I artistically had not really found out who I was until you know I was fine and so discovering who that is, I've just become that much more intentional about what Plum's sonic sound is. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. um and that's the sound of, it's always I'm always drawn to a very epic sound with loops and strings being a part of the mix and, and a lot of minor keys and writing about subjects that are sometimes off limits for other artists or uncomfortable for some mm-hmm. listeners but i think necessary content to be heard and um and i feel like my my place is to kind of be a voice for the people that feel silenced and that could be because of their struggle their addiction um their secret whatever it is i feel like maybe i'm i'm their voice and because i i i feel like hope shines brightest in darkness i mm-hmm. I'm, I'm drawn to some pretty dark subject matters, but they're real and they need talked about and they need light shed on them and they're so often a tool to create conversation and, um, and for mm-hmm. someone to feel less alone. I think if you relate to a song, you immediately feel less alone because if someone wrote this and someone else out there feels the way that you do. And so I think that hope is oxygen and we all need to breathe and I think so often we feel hopeless in our situation and if we could just feel a little bit of hope um it could turn a situation i mean completely 180 if there was just a little bit of hope and so for a song to be able to give you that um to be able to be a part of something that gives someone that is the mm. most mm. tremendous thing that i get to do in my career and so i'm i'm all about it
0: that's great can you give us maybe a, an example of uh, you know a song that goes into a you know into a hard place or a difficult subject matter?
1: Oh yeah, I mean I, um, I mean there's there's been songs about sexual abuse, about self injury and cutting. Um, probably mm-hmm. my most recent my most recent is a song called I Want You Here, which is a song about a friend of mine who lost her baby after it was born. Um, It only lived for just a little bit of time after delivery. And just the emotion behind that of wanting to almost affirm that it's okay to feel whatever you feel in this life. If it's anger, if it's pain, if it's sadness, if it's joy, if it's frustration, it's okay to feel. And it's just what we do with our feelings that shape our character. And I think Too often we, even at a young age, we tell our children, like, don't get upset about that or don't be mad at your brother or you shouldn't feel like that. And the truth is, I mean, our feelings are ours to own and feel it, just feel Mm. it. But what you do with it is what I think needs more guidance. And so it's not okay to be disrespectful if you're angry. It's not okay to, um, you know, to be destructive if you're sad but you you can still be sad you can still be angry but it's just kind of right. i feel like music is an incredible tool to kind of filter that that feeling the feelings that you have into a more therapeutic place and a healthier place and um and so i'm hmm. i'm not I'm, I'm pretty non-judgmental when it comes to people choosing different kinds of music as kind of an outlet for their emotions because i think sometimes as you know as misunderstood as someone might be, it could be something really healthy for them to just get it out in that way, their 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 fear or their frustration yeah. or anger or their pain, um, versus doing something a lot more harmful and destructive physically. And so um, emotions are a very fragile thing. I mean, they're really, they're very powerful. And at the same time, very fragile. So I... I don't know, I'm, I'm connected to music that way, it's very therapeutic for me. And so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to write about a song that strikes a chord with, you know, one or two people in the audience of two thousand, um, my goal. And so if the other one thousand nine hundred and ninety eight are enjoying themselves or they feel joy or happy or laughter, like that's that's just over the top for me. But my goal when I walk yeah. on stage is to find to find emotionally find the misfit in the room, and for them to feel mm-hmm. like you are not by yourself, you are' not by yourself
0: wow, it's wonderful have you have you uh had any opportunity to hear back from any of these people that that you really have connected and in what uh, what way is that up to you
1: absolutely How does that come i mean back to through you? through it's just at at the merch table or at a meet and greet Mm -hmm. or on Facebook or on Twitter, on Instagram, social media has been an incredible tool for that kind of a thing Mm -hmm. where, you know, we can actually communicate with each other on a more personal level, even though the, uh, you know, Facebook and things like that has kind of taken some of the personal relationship out of real friendship. Um, Mm -hmm. it, It does, it is a resource for communication in ways where you would normally not have any communication. Um, and so to be able to just sit and respond to fans um, and engage with them in conversation um, has just been amazing. And so that's, um, I mean, I hear back all the time. And I can, I, I the numbers are too many to count, which is a hugely positive thing of just people that come to the shows. And you'll, I, I tell this story once in a while about how I, I'll be, standing at our merch table after a show to meet fans. And I can almost pick it, pick he or she out. It's like, okay, Mm. if there's a hundred people. I can, I can basically tell you that the 97 or 98 that really enjoyed themselves and they want to say thank you and and meet and take a picture can handpick sometimes the two or three that I'm really Mm. there for. And so I'm humbled by the other 97 um, mm. But the nine, you know, the, those two or three, just affirm a purpose that I feel like I was called to, and 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 so you just give them extra time and you hug them a little bit longer, and mm. um, sometimes you don't even have to say anything because you just know it's okay. God used me tonight to speak to you, mm. and so it's not me. And and when they say, when you said or your song that says blah blah blah, it's like no, God. I'm just so humbled that God's used me to speak to you. It's him. It's him that's talking to you. And um, and he he uses music as a tool. He uses nature. He uses, nothing's wasted with him. and He uses everything. But um, music is definitely one of them. And so to be one of those tools is the number one, most important, exciting, um, inspiring thing about what I do for a living. And so, to make a difference in someone's life is, you know, it's you kind of take it for granted until you can touch them and hold them and then say, I was going to kill myself. And your song came on, and this particular thought came through my mind, and I had to believe that that was God telling me to keep breathing, and I just want to say thank you. And they're, and they're shaking, and they're crying. And
0: mm.
1: in that moment, time, you just, time kind of freezes, and everybody else standing in line just has to wait. Because you're like, what? You know, in that moment, I was the tool that God chose to use. And this person, this life, is that important to God that he would carve out a moment mm. and then we would meet. I mean, to be able to meet is just, it's the best. It's the best. I I love wow. it. I love what I do.
0: Wow. That is wonderful. Uh, we have a, I notice you have a, a new uh, a new venue now. Uh, you have a book. And um, I do. Yeah, it looks to me like it it deals with some of this same subject matter. Um am I correct about that? <laughs> Finding it does out that um God God's hope meets us in the dark places. Tell us a little bit about Need You Now a story of hope. Yeah tell us a little bit right.
1: about Need You Now a Story of Hope uh, it's it's a memoir. It's it's um, mm-hmm. basically my story start to finish of where I came from and the things that I feel like the highlights of, of my life, where I feel like God was really very specific in using some things to shape who I've become as a wife, as a mother, as an artist, as a writer, as a speaker, now as an author. And um, I never in my, honestly, my wildest imagination, thought that I would author a book, I feel very ill-equipped to do mm. most of what I do. Um, <laughs> and so I relate to the, the characters in the Bible that felt ill-equipped that are like, what? Okay, I mean, if you can use me, use me, but I'm I'm not, you know, the greatest musician that's ever lived. I'm not the greatest singer that's ever walked planet. I'm not the perfect mom. I'm not the perfect wife. I'm not, you know, the most educated. I'm not, the, you know, but somehow God can use some of our weakest parts in, uh, in his kingdom. And so I I tell the story, and more specifically, one of the highlights in the book is that uh, three years ago this Christmas, my husband and I uh, separated, and we were very quickly heading for divorce, and it was devastating. It was the mm. worst Christmas of my life. I remember loving Christmas mm. so much as a kid and, even into you know adulthood and married life and parenting and and I just knew when he left two days after Christmas, three years ago, um I would hate Christmas for the rest of my life and mm. and it just kind of ruined it for me and in our story, um we were separated for six months, and we ended up starting the reconciling process and about a year after we had decided to really work on this. Um, We remarried each other all over again, and we've had wow. a better marriage than we've ever had. And and so to be not just, you know, happy at Christmas again, because I remember thinking Christmas would always be a hard time, even after we reconciled, thinking every Christmas mm-hmm. I'm going to remember that really
0: difficult mm-hmm.
1: season. And God's really just replaced it with joy. I To be out on a tour right now at Christmas telling my story of hope, is just honestly to me it's just a smack right in Satan's face of like you mess with the bull you're going to get the horns you know it's like I mean God really truly fought for me he fought for our marriage and um and this is my own personal belief I'll preface preface this first by saying that that um I believe that God is is capable of anything but I believe that he wants us to want him, and he wants us to want him to fight for us. He's completely capable of fighting for us, but I think sometimes we get in his way, and until we truly kind of give him permission, he doesn't need the permission, but he like He almost wants us to want him to fight. And I think sometimes we expect God to, okay, hey, well, do what it is you're going to do. Just, you know, catch me here even though I'm running off of this cliff. And it's like, wait a minute do you want me to catch you? Like, do, you do you really want Because I want to catch you. I want to fight for you. But I, I want you to want me to. And and I came to a place where I really, really wanted him to fight for my marriage. And so I, I got out of his way, and that is so much easier said than done. But I I finally got out of his way, and he fought for me like a champion. And... And we reconciled, and and I and I tell the story in the book, and so the book is not just about my marriage, but um, it definitely wraps mm. it up towards the end, kind of full circle of how mm-hmm. this is where I started. This is this is the actual hell that I went through. I, I feel like hell is being separate from God. I think we've painted this picture for you know hundreds of years of what hell is, and I don't I don't know. I mean, obviously, I don't mm. know exactly what it is, but I do believe that it being separated from him and there's a lot of people living in it right now that don't realize mm. it and it's like I just feel like he rescued us from that and um and so every day is a gift to me and so I I had never truly felt hopeless until that season in my life where I was I was crying myself to sleep at night so hard that the blood vessels in my face would burst because I would cry so hard mm. and just begging God to fix it and to change my husband and to fix this, And um, it wasn't until I kind of came to the end of myself that I realized, wait a minute, I can't fix this. Only you can, but I'm in your way because I keep trying to fix it. And, you know, Mm. one of the most beautiful gifts God's ever given us is choice. He doesn't force us to love him. He doesn't force us to choose him. And so in that, I mean, we, we have choices that have natural consequences and so I realized God is certainly greater than my choices but I kept getting in the way, I kept doing this to make this happen or this, this, this happen or say this to make this mm. happen and and it was as if God was just like oh my goodness, would you just stop? Would you just get out of my way <laughs> and listen to me? I, I love you, I want to fix this brokenness but I can't until you just stop and um and so finally I just did, and I just surrendered. And I, I know this to be true now that my story of hope may look different than someone else's, but I will promise you this, that when you truly surrender, not just say it, but like truly surrender to God, and that means doing what he asks of you, even if you don't want to do it, saying something that you really want to say, um, it's its literally a die to this is what I want to do but God's telling me otherwise so I'm not going to do that and that is really really hard to sometimes just be quiet and not say what you you know you're wanting to speak your mind but it's like nope God does not want me to say that so I'm going to keep it to myself but this is really really hard and when you surrender to that he will do exceedingly abundantly more than you could ever have done even imagine and much less ask. And so in my brain, it was just a matter of, you know, please just bring my husband back. But God was like, I don't, I'm not just going to bring him back. What if I, mm. what if my plan was to actually break both of your hearts and to make you new and for it to start completely over and for it to be better than it was before? Do you want that mm. marriage back? Because that marriage was actually pretty mm. broken. Like, is that is that what you want back? Because what I want to give you is better than what it was before. And, um... Wow. And so he did. That's what he did. And um, and so I just, my cup overflows with thankfulness. And so I told him, I will praise you so I don't have any air left in my lungs. And so this book is just one of several ways that I am just saying thank you to my God, to my Savior, for what he did in my life. And really not caring if anybody else likes it or not, because I know that Jesus does. And so I've just. I've just offered it and said, use it. If you can use it, please use it. And um, and he is. And that is just, you know, that just, the cup the cup just gets fuller when that happens. And so for him to be able to use that story, I'm just, I'm kind of, I've told people that I'm kind of in the business of making darkness and evil kind of cringe in their knees in their, hmm. of just like, really? You're going to mess with the Savior of the world, the God that created the heavens and the earth who loves me so much, who fights for me, who bled for me. Like you're gonna compete with that? Mm. Bring it on. Mm. Bring it on then. <laughs> and so I kinda of, I almost I almost welcome adversity now. And um I have a, a new record that comes out in the spring called Exhale and there's a song on it called Champion and it's it's about him. It's like you you're you're our champion. Like we we don't we don't need we don't need an American idol. We we need Jesus. <laughs> so,
0: um,
1: <laughs> I just, I just love him. I'm just crazy about him.
0: Wow. Wow. What a great story. That's fantastic. Well, I need you now. A story of hope. Um, is Tiffany's new book. And I, I, I just hope that, um, it will, will I, I definitely want to, want to read this. This is a, uh, really encouraging really encouraging to me, and glad that you, Thank you. Uh, you've been honest about it and uh, kind of taken us through the process so it sounds like kind of that's the essence of of what you do with your music and 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 your book um you well, you take I, honestly, us through gonna, the, the yeah Go I ahead. wanted
1: to say that i I want the book to not just give hope to those feeling hopeless. I would love for it to inspire people with their own stories of hope to share them, whether, whether they write a book or they just share it over coffee at a coffee shop that we all have experienced things that someone else needs to hear. And when you are going through something difficult, I, I know that when my husband and I were going through that difficult time in our marriage to sit and have coffee with a woman that had been through what I was going through was oxygen to me. I I, I couldn't mm. get to the coffee shop fast enough when she opened up her story and said, you know, my my friend Trish who said, meet me for coffee. I've got a story to tell you. And I mean, mm. I remember that coffee. I think we probably spent four hours at the coffee shop. And and I was just so thankful that she was willing to share her story. And it's like, had she not, you know, who knows, you know, where I would be right now. But I I know that. By someone sharing their story with me, it gave me hope and and because I had hope, I could move to the next day and then to the next week and then to the next month, and eventually that became the next year and here I am now, and so you never know that that whatever you've struggled with if it's if it's something you're still struggling with, especially to to share that with someone um, and it may not be somebody that relates to it, but it might be someone that's okay. Hey, I know someone going through what you shared with me. Would you be willing to tell them what you told me over coffee sometimes and you you just you never know how your story is going to inspire someone and give them hope and and so that's what i I want the story to do and so if someone reads it, it doesn't even relate to one ounce of what I say that they might actually think of that book one day when they run into someone struggling with something that I talk about. Say so you know what there's a book that there's a book that Plum wrote that you should read. And so it's just, please, you know, if you're, if you're listening to this, you have a story to tell everyone does and it's not wasted. It's not, it's not useless. Mm. And, um, and so I just, Mm. for someone who's, you know, I didn't, I didn't go to college to become an author. You know, I, Mm -hmm. I'm just a, I'm just a me And, and anyone can share their story in whatever fashion it might be just over coffee it might be writing a book either way the story matters and it, it can change a life so
0: wow uh, tell me um you're how how much music are you are you doing now i uh, would you say that it, this is your this is your career is it uh is it still going going on oh no, i mean that's Yep,
1: that's that and being a mom. It's the only two things I do is plum and be a
0: wife and mother. And uh, and, and tell me about uh, your how many how many uh, children do you have? Tell me about your family.
1: I have a son who's nine. I have a son who's eight, and I have a daughter who is six.
0: And, oh my! Uh, you got it.
1: I have a. Uh. An overflowing cup for sure. They're here today. Out on tour with me. Awesome. And Wow. Um,
0: are they on this are they yeah. on this whole tour or just part of it? I mean,
1: Not just No, nope, just do part that? of it. Yeah, yeah. No, just
0: part of it. Yeah.
1: And um and my husband of 14 years and then re- remarried uh, a year and a half to each other. Um and uh yeah, we live just outside of Nashville, Tennessee.
0: Wow, I bet that was a that that was a i'm trying to picture remarrying with your uh, with your children how how did they take part in that i uh, i bet that was a a fun thing to do i just imagining
1: oh they i mean they <laughs> absolutely i mean they're a huge part of what we do and i mean they're a huge source of inspiration as well and um and accountability um, I mean, they've definitely made me more intentional about everything that I do just because it doesn't just affect them now. Um, I mean, I think of all the different artists that say and do things sometimes before their parents or after they're a parent and their child's young. Like, your children will grow up one day, and you just you want them to respect you, you want them to be proud of you, you want to be a good influence, something that they are proud of, you know, amongst their peers, and so I'm just really intentional about being and saying and doing something, not that just God would be proud of, which obviously, if if He is, then mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about anybody else, but I, I especially care that my children you know, affirm and support mm-hmm. what I do, and so I'm really thankful for them, and um, yeah, I mean, they're a, a huge source of support and love, and um, they're really encouraging. I mean, they recognize that God gave Mommy a gift, and when I'm gone, it's not that I want to be away from them, but that I'm doing something God asked of me, and I think the lesson for them, I hope, is that sometimes we have to do things that we don't want to do, because I don't necessarily want to be away from them, but in order to do what God asks of you, sometimes you don't, you know, you can't always do what you want or what is convenient or easy, but at the same time, they see me so fulfilled by what I do that, you know, God is, blessing me mm-hmm. and, and and so and I have so much joy in what I do so it's although I don't want to be away from you and it's hard to be away from you and it's a sacrifice mm-hmm. at the same time it is what God's called me to do and so I I have a peace and a joy that comes with doing what God's called me to do and so I you know whether they do music or not uh, I hope that my children see that it's important to find something that you love that God's given you the gift to do and, and doing it with your whole heart and Doing it when it's fun and doing it when it's hard, and at the same time just trusting that God's using that. And that's mm-hmm. the most important part: is that God's using you. And so, anyway. Cool.
0: And a question about your music. Um, one, because I know uh, when I when I first heard you, I felt like you had a you had a gift and a style of music that could go beyond just the Christian world. Has that happened in any form?
1: Yeah, a lot.
0: Um, Uh, Tell me how. uh, I'm curious. Tell tell me how that, how is that? uh, Yeah, I've um,
1: had um, a lot of songs in film and in TV shows and um, on pop radio. Um, I've had a lullaby record that um, just kind of, kind of crossed, all genres of being used and um, have mm-hmm. done quite a bit in the electronic dance market. That a lot of DJ Rick, remixer producers have um, taken my music, remixed it, and then used it in that format, which cool. is completely different than me, but it's um, just constant. Like there's even right now, the song Need You Now is getting a lot of attention from a Brian Carney remix that, you know, Armin Van Buren, who's Massive in that world is very uh, just attached to and it has been promoting, and so it just and it just happens in such an organic way that you know it's real. That there's nothing that I do to mm-hmm. to to cause that. That's a very that side of my career happens in an incredibly natural, organic way that is always a surprise and it's always a pleasant surprise. And so, um so yeah, I mean, I've I've been really grateful that my music can be used outside of just the church, because I certainly, Mm -hmm. I I exist for the church. I exist to build up and affirm and glorify my creator, but at the same time, um, there are, as we know, a lot of people that are not necessarily in the church that are loved by God just as much, and so I want to be a source that can communicate that hope to them and that love. Yeah. Um you know wherever they are, and so that's why a lot of the songs that I write, the content is relatable to anyone, no matter what age or you know gender or you know where you're at spiritually. Um, just songs about life and um, connecting that way. So, and I and I don't want to mess up. Our, I don't want to mess up our interview, but I I do have to go soon, and so I just wanted to give you that okay. heads
0: up. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. No, no problem. Um, it's it's been great. I, I'm going to have one more question then. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, and final, we have what we call here. Um, well, we we call what we do the gospel of welcome. And um, I I would love for you to just uh, talk just in the last last minute or so. Uh, what what does that say to you? What it what is the gospel of welcome? Just that phrase. What is that?
1: The, what is that gender go-
0: up in you? Yeah.
1: The gospel of welcome. Yes. Is that what you said? Yeah.
0: Um,
1: what does that phrase mean to me? Um, yeah.
0: What, did, what does it make you think of, and what does it make you reflect on, and uh, what would it say? What does that say to you?
1: Um, I would. I would. Have, for me, I would just assume that there was no judgment. Um, there mm. is very mm. a very inclusive slogan, if you will, of just anyone is welcome, anyone. A very kind of the playing field is leveled, and um, and that no one is any better or worse than the other. Um, that's what I would.
0: That's what comes Fantastic. to mind when I hear that. Well, that's that's what we're trying to do. So, uh, and it sounds like what what you're all about as well um and uh welcoming everyone into uh your life, your story, your music, and of course, the hope that runs through it all, so gosh, thank, thank you, you so that. much,
1: yes, thank you so much for having me. This has been a treat
0: all right, well, thank you, and um. Greetings Merry to your Christmas, kids. Too. Get back to your kids. Merry Christmas to you, and have a great time tonight with your show. Um, and uh, you. hope to hope to see you sometime. Myself, Absolutely. that would be great. Well, thank you. Okay. Thank
1: you so much, darling.
0: You bet. All right. Bye bye. Uh huh. Well, there you go. Tiffany was plump, and uh, we've had a great time. to The catch with John Fisher on Blog Talk Radio. Connecting life to faith. We're just trying to get it together. you like next